to Paranormal Northwest, a podcast all about the history and the paranormal of the Pacific Northwest. Join me as I tell stories of this great region, the history, the people who live here, and those who may have never left. Welcome back! Today, we're taking a look at McMinniman's Edgefield near Portland. McMinniman's is a hotel and restaurant chain that takes old buildings and revitalizes them, offering themed dining and restaurant venues. I was not at all expecting what I discovered when I started researching this location. So, grab your sweater, your blanket, and a cup of tea, and let's get started. From the McMinniman's website, built in 1911 as the county poor farm, Historic Edgefield is a destination resort in the Pacific Northwest that blends Oregon's natural beauty with McMinniman's signature whimsy. Original buildings have been carefully restored, gardens bloom, great food and drink abound, and entertainment reigns. End quote. Although a place for leisure and entertainment today, what is now McMinniman's Edgefield started out as a workhouse for the poor. It is no secret that the Pacific Northwest and the rest of the nation has an issue with homelessness and poverty. Driving along the I-5 corridor, there are small tent cities lining the freeway. Many people today are fervently working to come up with a solution to this problem, for better or worse. In days past, people experiencing poverty, debt, and homelessness had other options. We've all heard stories of workhouses and poorhouses, but they are often associated far away in Britain and other parts of the world. But here in the United States, we had them too. The idea of poorhouses comes from 17th century England. At that time, the governments of each area, or municipalities, were obligated to care for the poor in those areas. If they were unwell, old, or sick, they were not required to work. But if they were able-bodied, they were expected to work. If they didn't work, they could then be imprisoned. Initially, those who were poor were given aid and other relief in the form of food and clothing, However, as time progressed in the 1720s, workhouses were created. This was a place for the poor to live and stay, in exchange for working. This actually ended up saving municipalities money, and the workhouses themselves became a deterrent to lift oneself out of poverty, if possible. As the colonists started to immigrate to what is now the United States, they brought the concept of the poorhouse and workhouses with them. The first workhouse in the United States was built in Boston in 1660. There was also another level of fear added to the poor of Massachusetts at that time. If they were poor, they weren't just sent to the workhouse. They could also be banished from their town or even auctioned off to the highest bidder as a slave. This was called the Vendue system. The word Vendue is from the French word Vendre, meaning to sell. A poor person was put up for Vendue, or essentially for sale, at an auction. The individual who won the auction was then reimbursed by the government for the cost to clothe and feed the person. The process of vendue only lasted until the 1800s, when more poorhouses were being created for the poor. These poorhouses were designed to punish and shame the individuals that were sent to them. The intent was to make them temporary locations and not desirable for the long term. These poorhouses became communities within themselves, often not located in cities, but nearby. Poor farms also became common over time. By the 1930s and the Great Depression, these houses and farms were relics of the past, with the federal government stepping in at this time for more social welfare projects. The Multnomah County Poor Farm 
What became McMinnman's Edgefields was originally built in 1911 in Troutdale. This facility was established as the Multnomah County Poor Farm. It replaced the previous Hillside Farm in Portland. The new farming facility was intended to help the poor become self-sufficient by teaching them farming techniques. The farm grew to encompass 345 acres and included various buildings such as a main lodge, a dairy, and other outbuildings. The farm housed both those able to work in the fields as well as those who were ill and bedridden. In 1934, the farm built an infirmary and the next year saw its largest population of over 600 residents. In 1947, the name of the facility was changed to the Multnomah County Home and Farm. By the late 1950s, farming slowed down and the name was changed again, this time to Edgefield Manor. As the 1950s rolled into the 1960s, the facility continued to change, becoming a nursing home and rehabilitation center. The facility was unique in that it was the first nursing home in Oregon to offer physical rehabilitation. The facility continued to be run as a nursing home and rehab center until 1982, when it was closed. Once the facility closed, it was essentially abandoned. The buildings became a haven for vandals, and they were destined to be demolished. However, the Troutdale Historical Society was able to step in and save them. They challenged the county for five years, which allowed the buildings to be saved. In 1990, the property, along with all of its buildings, was purchased by the McMinniman Brothers. Founded in 1983, McMinimans is known throughout the Pacific Northwest for purchasing old properties and restoring them, with a twist. Their properties are often kooky, full of interesting artwork and furniture. I have been to the McMinimans Elk Lodge in Tacoma. The building is a few stories and includes a hotel as well as bars and restaurants. Each floor is a different themed bar. There's a tiki bar, a pool bar, and even a speakeasy style bar that requires a password to enter. In 1983, the McMinniman brothers, Mike and Brian, decided to open a bar together. Their intent was to create a bar in the style of an English pub that was welcoming and inviting to everyone. They purchased the Fat Little Rooster Tavern in Portland, but renamed it to the Barley Bill Pub. McMinniman's is also known for their craft beers. Side note, I am a proud Oregon State University alum. If you didn't know, OSU has a fermentation sciences program. The small town of Corvallis is littered with breweries, each small bar and restaurant serving their own special brew, often owned and operated by other OSU alum. They are able to do this thanks, in part, to the McMinniman brothers, who are also OSU alum. In the 1980s, the McMinnimans, along with other brewers, joined forces to lobby the state for what became known as the Brew Pub Bill. This bill allowed for breweries to brew and sell their beer in the same facility. I couldn't envision Portland and Corvallis without all their unique microbreweries. The McMinnimans helped to establish Portland and the Pacific Northwest as a hub for these unique craft beers. If people from Washington take their coffee seriously, people from Portland take their craft beer even more so. I personally am a big fan of both. The success of the brew pub bill and their various brews allowed the McMinniman brothers to expand. They purchased other properties, typically already an established facility, revamped them, and added their own unique spin to them. Today, McMinniman's has 62 locations in Oregon and Washington. Making our way back to McMinniman Edgefield, 
The property is located in Troutdale, Oregon, approximately 16 miles east of Portland. The first European settlers in what became Troutdale arrived in the early 1850s. The first land claim in the city was made in 1853, laying in what is now the center of the city. However, it wasn't until 1872 that a plan grew to grow the town was put into place. Originally called Sandy due to the nearby Sandy River, the town was renamed to Troutdale by Captain John Harlow. Harlow was a successful sea captain and businessman originally from Maine. With the completion of the Northern Pacific Railroad, he saw an opportunity to farm along the wetlands that lay beside the Sandy River. The river allowed him to send his products easily to Portland, and the railroad sent those products back east. The town received its own train depot and stop on the line on November 20, 1882. Harlow died just the following year, but his wife Celestia worked to build the young city up. The city of Troutdale grew steadily in the 1890s and into the early 1900s. One of the early settlers, Aaron Fox, became the city's first mayor in 1907. One of the city's most profitable businesses was a distillery and the saloons that sold its liquor. As the city grew, regulations were enacted to tighten up the saloon industry. These regulations were put in place as taxes, which provided a huge profit for the city. Also in 1907, a fire destroyed much of the city. Only a few buildings from the 1890s survived the fire. However, Troutdale continued to persevere. In 1912, women in the state of Oregon were, were granted the vote. And in 1914, Troutdale elected their first female mayor, Clara Latorell Larson. In 1910s saw the growth of the Oregon Highway System, providing better access to Troutdale. Throughout the 1900s, Troutdale grew, ultimately growing to encompass nearly 4,000 acres today, with a population of over 16,000 people. Now, specifically, the McMinimins Edgefield property. Although originally not part of the city of Troutdale, the property was incorporated into the city while it was still the Multnomah County Poor Farm. The Edgefield property encompasses 74 acres along the Columbia River. The main building was the original poorhouse dating back to 1911. The rooms that used to house the poorhouse residents have since been transformed into elegant and bohemian guest rooms. Now, on to the paranormal. Even prior to being a hotel, the property had seen hundreds of people live and work in it. When the McMinniman brothers purchased the property, they conducted a spiritual cleansing. However, that didn't get rid of everything. In what is now room 215, they found a scattering of animal bones, scattered curiously in the shape of a pentagram. There are also many reports of unmarked graves on the property. No doubt these reports or rumors stem from the time of the poorhouse. And it makes sense, doesn't it? If people were too poor, they were driven to work in the poorhouse. They were most certainly too poor to have the funds needed for burial. One story that might surround an unmarked grave is that of a mother and her infant. Although there are no records, the story goes that the infant died of chickenpox. The mother died shortly afterwards, and both were buried on the property. Today, guests and staff have reported hearing a woman singing nursery rhymes, seeming to soothe a crying child. Everyone who has heard this or felt a woman's presence has said that they felt calm, soothed, and even safe. But... Not all of the supposed spirits at Edgefield are soothing. One night, a guest felt she was being watched in her room. 
She went to the front desk, and the manager followed her back to the room to investigate and make sure no one was in there. As the manager turned to leave after inspecting the room, both the manager and the guest heard someone yell, Get out! from inside the room with them. The woman decided to switch rooms for the rest of her say. Some guests and staff have also reported feeling as though there are hands on their backs pushing them down the stairs. Some have even heard whispering behind them on the stairs when there is no one there, no one that they can see at least. There is also the spirit of an old woman in room 215. Yes, the same room where the animal bones were found in the shape of a pentagram. Generally, guests and staff note the old woman as a friendly presence, and they can sometimes even smell her floral perfume. However, if they leave the room messy, they may find their personal items thrown out the window when they return. And finally, there is reportedly a mischievous spirit of a child that runs down the halls during the night. When approached, the spirit disappears into a mist. The paranormal activity at Edgefield tends to be concentrated not just in room 215, but also the second and third floors, as well as around the winery. The winery is located in what used to be the infirmary of the farm. If you visit McMinniman's Edgefield, make sure to check out the logbook at the front desk. In October of 2020, just a few months ago, Yelp listed McMinniman's Edgefield as one of the 25 most haunted hotels in the United States, and I believe it. The stories I told were only a fraction of them, but seemed to be the most corroborated ones. Well, we're checking out of McMinniman's Edgefield. If you choose to venture there yourself, just make sure you're tidy, or you might find your clothes out the window. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ParaNWPod. I share photos and fun facts about our locations. Until next time, bye!